So come to our reading today, which is from Luke chapter 11, from verse 1. So we're going to be Luke 11, from verse 1 to 13. And then uh, our pastor Nick will come and share the Lord's word with us. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then... Though you are an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So pray for Nick as he comes to share God's word with us. Father, thank you for our pastor Nick. Thank you for everything he does in this church. Thank you for his skills at speaking. But Lord, I pray mainly that you speak through him to us. Pour out your spirit on him, Lord, so that the word he shares with us is the word that you wish us to hear. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah, thanks. That's great. Okay, thanks, Mark. If I can have my laptop up, that would uh, make me feel a bit less self-conscious. Um, what we're going to do today, we're going to look at these little teachings of Jesus on prayer and then we're going to sing and then we're going to pray and so I'm going to try and keep it uh, as short as I can um, always a challenge I know but I'm going to try and keep it as short as I can and then we're going to spend some time um, in intercession the kind of prayer which is finding bread for your friends so we need to pray together it just it feels to me that we need to spend some time in prayer and the only time we're actually all together is, is a Sunday morning we need to pray for the Lord's wisdom for our buildings. If you've been around, you will have hopefully had a chance to go to one of those uh, meetings where we're considering what next to do for our buildings. But perhaps more importantly than that, as of a week's time, we are entering into a, a week of um, special events, um, all with a message, all we're telling the gospel, and we want people to be saved. So we turn into Luke's gospel and here are three or four little um, teachings of Jesus brought together. And I guess you'll notice straight away the Lord's Prayer is there. Um, and it's similar but it's different from the version in Matthew. So the disciples asked Jesus for 
a kind of group prayer. It's as if, well, John had a, the Jews had a characteristic way of praying. Obviously, John, the Baptist disciples, had a kind of characteristic way of praying. And they want, can we have a, a characteristic way of praying? And Jesus says to them, this is it. When you pray, pray, Father. In Matthew, that's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. May your name be honoured. Your kingdom come. Of course, in Matthew, it says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. It's that prayer for things that we think we've got under control. Forgive us our sins, as, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And Matthew has, but deliver us from the evil one. So let's pray that. Grab your Bibles and we'll pray that together. We'll pray a line at a time. We'll pray it relatively slowly. We'll pray together as the people of God. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer for the Lord's people. It's the prayer for Jesus' people. So let's pray. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Amen. Hopefully you remember that. We studied the Lord's Prayer for those who are new. We studied the Lord's Prayer just a few months back. So let's move on and look at this, this little parable, which is, it, in many ways is the heart of, of this little section. So a friend comes to you on a journey. That's, this is the picture. Um, a need has arisen. It sounds a bit desperate. In the culture, hospitality was important. In fact, it was, it was fundamental, but you don't have the resources. You have no spare bread. What do you do? You have another friend, a good friend, and you go and ask. Friend, can I, can I have some bread? Somebody's come to stay and I'm, and I'm out. And the mark of good friendship, I think, is that you, is someone you don't mind receiving help from without worrying about when you can repay it. The mark of a good friendship is you don't worry about reciprocity. You don't worry when you can give back. Anyway, you go to him, it's after midnight, um, and, and you bang on the door. Oh, somebody's come to stay. Um, they come in the middle of the night. They're, they're on a journey. So for that, that's an emergency. And they have no resources. And, and the friend in the house gives his response. He says, I've put the kids to bed. You know, and that's pretty much the, you know, if you have kids of a certain age, that's, that's the deciding point, isn't it? Um, I've, I've put the kids to bed. I remember the kind of days when, you know, we could put the kids to bed and they would all be in bed, you know, by nine o'clock or something. Um, and, and you had a bit of time, a bit, bit of time to yourself. And then I remember the days when that, when that nine o'clock day went 
and he felt like life would never be the same again. But in this culture, the family may all be sleeping in the same room or in a couple of rooms. So the guy says, look, I'm in bed. The kids are in bed. The door is locked, is what he says. I cannot do it. And Jesus says, well, you know what? Even though we won't get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And it's an interesting word. Uh, NIV have changed it. In the previous NIV, they translated it boldness. Um, in the margin, they call it, uh, they say, because of, to preserve his good name, which seems like it's going a bit far. But in some, uh, some translations, it's impudence. In other translations, it's persistent. It's, uh, uh, in other words, it's a difficult word to, to translate. But it's something to do with nerve. So, Jesus explains, let's tease it out for ourselves. You've got a friend, a relative, a work colleague, uh, with a need. It could be any kind of need, but for the moment we're thinking primarily these salvation needs. You've got, you've got brothers, sisters, family members, um, work colleagues, and they need to be saved. They need to be right with God or they're going to a lost eternity. And only a supernatural opening of the eyes with work. You don't have the resources. Maybe you feel, we, you know, we talked about praying for opportunities and courage and, and for wisdom to know what to say in, in situations. But you do not have the resources at a fundamental level to bring somebody into the kingdom of God because only uh, a supernatural um, enlightening by the Lord is going to open somebody's eyes to their need of a saviour and their sin before them. So what is Jesus encouraging you to do? Just very simply, to take it to the Lord. The Lord's door is, is never shut. The Lord's door is, is, is never shut. There is always an open way. Hebrews 10, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. That is his body. So let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance. There is a permanently open way uh, for you to come before the Father. And that's the sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf. So the door is never shut. The Lord never says, don't bother me. In fact, he says, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He's never asleep with the kids. He will not let your foot slip, the psalmist says. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He's never asleep. But more than that, this is the interesting thing I think about the parable. God is your friend. If you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, then God is in a covenant relationship with you and he calls you his friend. But in the parable, the, even, even the, best, the best, best friend turns and says no. 
But Jesus says, even though this friend turns and says no, because of your bold, shameless asking, the Lord will respond. So you are in a covenant relationship with the Lord if you're a Christian. He is your friend. And he's not this kind of friend who's going to tell you to go away uh, because he never sleeps, he's never in bed with the kids and the door is never shut. But the Lord, as one writer says, he desires prayers with nerve. It's really interesting, isn't it? He desires prayers with nerve. What are you up for praying? What is the boldest thing you can pray and nerve is shown by coming at all nerve is shown by coming to an almighty god yes we have a way in you in a living way but it takes it takes nerve in the sense that he's still almighty god he is still a consuming fire um, nerve is coming at all but nerve is shown by asking the impossible Nerve is shown by coming to God and asking the impossible. We, so often I think we come to God and we ask him to do things which might kind of happen anyway. Or we, or, we do, or we ask him to do things we can imagine when we're told that he can do more than we can possibly think of or imagine. And nerve is shown by persisting and insisting on an answer. So I want us to pray with nerve. I want you to pray with nerve. We're going to do that in a minute. But let's just see this is reinforced by the next uh, couple of verses, which are very familiar. There's a sense of, uh, of continuing action about the way this is written. So Jesus says, so ask. Ask. Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek. Keep on seeking and you will find. Knock. Uh, and, and keep on knocking. And the door will be open. You go, oh, I don't like the idea of that. I might just be offending the Lord. Um, no. Knock. Lord. I need this. My friend has a need. My son has a need. I need this from you. Please, Lord, today. And then you pray the same thing. And if it doesn't happen today, you pray the same thing tomorrow. Ask, seek, and knock. Because the Lord, what kind of God is he? What kind of God is he? Well, Jesus compares him to a, a father. And when your kids ask for dinner, what do you do? You know, you kind of, you go down the pet shop. Um, and you buy them a snake and you say, <laughs> here you are. Don't get bitten. Of course you don't. When your kids ask for breakfast, ask for an egg, you go, <laughs> here's a scorpion I prepared earlier. Uh, I originally put a poisonous insect and then I had a feeling that it wasn't an insect and that's right. Um, it's, it's an arachnid apparently. Do you give them those things? No, because they're not good things. It's basic, isn't it? There's nothing complicated about this. Their father... The father, your father God, he only gives good things. If you've asked for something inappropriate, he's not going to give it to you. And do you realise that's a good thing? That's obviously a good thing, isn't it? And the ultimate good thing, Jesus says, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate good thing because he's the seal of salvation. He's the mark that you're in Christ and, and genuinely a believer. He is the power to live uh, a Christian life. He is the person of the Trinity who particularly connects you with uh, the Father and the Son. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray nervelessly. This is going to be an interesting exercise, isn't it? Just kind of, you know, how, how kind of, uh, it's um, usually, you know, particularly when you're working with teenagers, you make it a competition, it really helps, you know. So maybe we'll make it a competition who can pray the biggest and boldest prayer. But we'll sing first. We'll just kind of prepare ourselves. We'll come to the Lord, uh, sing a couple of songs. Um, really to focus on who God is and then uh, the first song and then focus on the access he's given for us in Christ and, and then, we'll, um, then we'll sing. So if we can come back to my laptop when we've done the songs.